This is Incisive Decisive. Incisive Decisive. Incisive Decisive. Dentistry, Ethics, Philosophy. Hello and welcome back to another amazing episode of Insights. Amazing. Amazing. And an amazing topic which resurfaces uh, every decade or so through every day. Dentistry, again. We, are, we are going to talk about community water fluoridation. Ooh. Yeah. So, so, so clearly, target audience appropriate only. Ah, so, not sure. Ah, I don't know, actually. I don't not know. sure your mum or my mum are going to be that fussed about it. My dad is a dentalist, so he doesn't care. <laughs> um, but um, um, so we set, we set it for the first time in Incisive Decisive history, um, we've actually done some pre-production. Oh, jeez. So last night, Sean and I went out for dinner and talked about what we might talk about. So I think we've used up all our jokes and anecdotes wow. in relation to Florida. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we should have recorded the mail. Yeah. Um, but um, um, we were discussing today's today what we might talk about and... Um, and so we want to we want to get deep into the issue yeah. of, of fluoridation, good thing or bad thing, should we or shouldn't we? So we should probably say what water fluoridation is first. Uh, water fluoridation is the controlling of the amount of fluoride in the water. Yeah. So that can be increasing it. It could be decreasing it in some parts of the world because yeah. some parts of the world have like six parts per million. Grand Rapids. Yeah, crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but we're talking about um, between 0.7 and one part per million fluoride. Mm-hmm. And the idea of that is that um, it, the people that, that drink the water will then benefit from uh, having less decay. Yeah. That's it. Brilliant. Yeah. No brainer. And so we should probably, at the start of this, before we discuss, debate, or go through it, put our own views okay, yeah, down of where we think we sit. Um, and so as we sit at the moment, if you had a wand, would you fluoridate, yes or no? On a, a mass scale? Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. Uh, and so I would in the United Kingdom I'd be yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and which was interesting when we were talking about it yeah, last yeah, night. Yeah. What was more interesting about it when we were talking about it last night was our motivations or objections to yes. that. Yes. Yeah, very much it? so, yeah. And I and I I hadn't as is often the case because I would be a very instinctive individual. So I would I would very much do the blink thing and go with my gut on a lot of mm. subjects of this and then have to have a have a view that I know what I want to do, and then it takes me a while to be able to vocalise why. But it was only in the conversation last yeah. night that we could get to why that was. And it's it's quite interesting because on the face of it, it's really obvious. Uh-huh. You put some fluoride in the water, or you control the fluoride to a certain level, and people benefit. Yeah, but it's much more complicated than that. Yeah, of it course, is much yeah. more complicated. It is, yeah. Uh, and so the issues the issues around it are so there is this issue of mass medication. Mm. And the first time I I encountered fluoridation, and, and the reason I can remember the Grand Rapids study, because that's a, that's a study where two parts of the, the population in the United States, one was, was a fluoridated, one was not, naturally. Yeah. And they were able to use that as a control mm-hmm. and look at the and, and remove the um, any confounding factors. It's an old study, so I suspect the science is not as tight as it as it might have been. But and look and see that you know there was a dramatic improvement in in childhood. Carey's incidence in this in the area where there was natural fluoridation, but um, so dental school in the nineteen nineties, 
it was a big it was a big hot topic in Glasgow. It was a big hot topic, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so I should frame that by saying, you know, when I when I qualified, um, what's the houseman in Glasgow? And Glasgow has like a reputation, or the West of Scotland has a reputation for poor health, but it's a site that has to be seen to be beheld, um, and so. I have worked as a house officer, I worked in general anaesthetic, uh, paediatric extractions. So in those days, so you, so you can't, in Nottingham, to access general anaesthetic paediatric extractions is very, very yeah. difficult. Mm. It's very hard mm. to refer a child for mm. that. Mm. In Glasgow, we had a walk-in service. Oh. <clears throat> so you could walk in <laughs> and your kids could get gassed. Bloody hell. And um, without a word of a lie, um, I would, it was not unusual to take 20 deciduous teeth out of a child mm. in one go. And there was one day where I, I, in my logbook, where I extracted between 100 and 120 deciduous teeth in that day. Um, so I was good at taking teeth. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, but that was, I mean, that was mutilation mm, of children mm. on a grand scale, right? And um, and you were taking sixes out and you were, t- you know, it was mutilation. Um, and so I guess I'm, I'm biased as a result yeah. of that experience, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so... So that's that frames the level of disease that you are up against, um, and that was happening daily in Glasgow, and and and, and there were some hilarious stories around that because it was quite macabre and it's mm. quite it was quite it, I mean it was a, it was an an extraordinary career development learning experience. It's probably not to be replicated for mm. anybody again, but unless perhaps you go and work in the developing world, but but um, but we were we were we were it was a hot topic in undergraduate. We were taught through that um, about. And we were, I guess, indoctrinated into. Yeah, and that's that is a thing, isn't it? That's, As, no, it definitely is. And um, and then they did, but they did do both sides of the story. And we were talking last night about the Granny McCall yeah, yeah, case yeah, yeah. because Granny McCall was an edentulous elderly lady who was held up during the court case for fluoridation by the anti-fluoride lobby, who said this lady wasn't going to benefit. So you can't say that it benefits all of the population. Mm-hmm. And then that blew the case apart, and it, yeah. and it, and it failed. Yeah, yeah. Because it, because it doesn't benefit everybody. No, absolutely not. And there's there's a few things to pick apart there. For a start, I've got I've got pulled up big time by saying it's medication. It's mm-hmm. not medication. Apparently, apparently the MHRA say it's not medication. Um, a journalist picked me up on that. Yeah, just yep. because they say it's not medication doesn't mean it is not medication. Yeah, but we won't get into that topic. I don't think. Um, the other thing is, you're right about the the evidence. The majority of the evidence is early seventies. Yeah. So so what happened mid to late seventies? Fluoride toothpaste. Mm-hmm. So the the effect that fluoride toothpaste has compared to water fluoridation is much much bigger. Mm-hmm. And the there isn't as much good evidence recently to show that fluoridation has a, a big effect. There's no doubt that fluoridation has an effect on people. If you look at um, if you look at the, the data, you're looking at around about a 20 to 30% reduction in children's care instance. That doesn't, and I haven't dug down right into the depths of it, but I don't know whether that's going to eliminate some people's carers or it's just going to reduce their carers. So I, I wish I'd paid more attention to this, but a couple of weeks ago I was in Leeds at the, the, the DVT Study. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all the uh, Yorkshire and Humber, all, all, all the guys there, and the guy from there was a, a public health guy who spoke about fluoridation mm. beautifully. And if, I spoke to him afterwards, actually, and he and he signed and he signed us up the Campbell Clinic up to be part of the yeah. fluoridation uh, um, to to promote the discussion about fluoridation yeah, yeah. further. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and he was he was great. I can't remember his name. I'm really sorry. And I, he did email me, and I, you should email me again. I did email him back, but um, but he. Um, 
he presented some really compelling mm. stuff about general anaesthetics. Okay, yeah. And, and the link to fluoridation and the reduction in general anaesthetics. Mm -hmm. And it was really compelling stuff and it was modern stuff. And I watched that and I thought, blimey. And he was he was very, very credible. Um, and the science seemed very credible that was being mm. presented. There. I haven't gone <clears throat> into it in any greater detail, but um, I, I did believe it. And and that and it, obviously that struck a chord with me because of my experience of general anaesthetics and, and the amount of how, how you mm -hmm. can eliminate general anaesthetics from children with fluoridation. But the the question is, does it does is this the hammer we need to crack? Yeah, exactly. Up? So so it, if you again, if you look at the evidence, it doesn't seem to benefit the adult population as much. No. Um, and there's Don't really if you care at, about them though. <laughs> well, they think they'd be able to brush their teeth. But it's, right. There's there's definitely a, a strong social justice element to it, which we'll probably come to, yeah. to a bit later on. But but yeah, lack of fluoride doesn't cause caries. The, yeah. the solution to the rampant caries is not going to come yeah. from solely fluoridation. It's, it might be part of the mix, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's got to be a, 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 a multi-pronged attack on it. There's got to be education for a start because it's a passive intervention. There's, you're, not getting any, um, you're not getting any education to the people yeah. that need it most. Yeah. From what I gather at the moment, the push is not for let's fluoridate the whole country. It's for targeted fluoridation. Yeah. And we'll come back to the, the pros on that in a second. But for mass fluoridation, there's no possible way that you can justify fluoridating an area that has such a low care resistance in kids to start with. Yeah. So so, so at, at the risk of, of being dazzlingly obvious here and, and rehashing things that have been discussed on the podcast before, the reason that Sean and I... They're even doing this is because he sent me a book once by Margaret McCartney. And if we were to go back to the principles within that book that started this whole process off, wouldn't we wish that we'd started this process on looking at whether fluoridation works or not in 1980? Mm. We, yeah, we wish yeah. we had, right? Yeah. And how, based on the McCartney stuff, how would we have done that? And what we would have done is we would have said, well, let's fluoridate castle milk in Glasgow. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's go and get ethical approval to fluoridate Castlemont or Easter House or or Bilbra in Nottingham or any number of places that you can mention where this is this is a devastating effect and let's see if it works. And there's at the moment the big argument is about Hull and if you've ever been to Hull, I would probably support anything you can do to improve the health of the people in Hull because Hull is a is a difficult place. Yeah, and, and that's not what we were saying last night at the dinner table, but we probably can't repeat what we were saying. <laughs> I had the opportunity to cycle through Hull a few weeks ago from from the port coming off the ferry through through Hull. So hello to all our listeners in Hull. And it's that area that we were cycling through was completely desperate. And and that sounds very middle class and very privileged, and, but no more or less desperate than some of the areas surrounding me where I grew up. But it's a representation of of the problem that we are trying to solve here. And we are not going to solve the problems that I encountered on the cycle through Hull by putting 0.7 parts per million fluoride in the water. No. That, so we can accept that. But similarly, everything is a drop in the ocean and the ocean is only made up of drops. And if, as dentists in dentistry, if we promote that piece plus lots of other pieces, you know, we could make a significant difference to our area of work. Right. Um, and I think that, so what we got to last night when we were talking about it is that my reasoning, my my attachment to this and to, to want fluorid, fluoridation is my is my urge to do something to make a difference. 
and not to do nothing. So it's very easy to say, well, we're not going to flow today. That's fine. What are we going to yeah, do then? Exactly. Yeah, there has right. to be a plan has of to be action. Something, right? Yeah, so if you don't want fluoridation, then do something else. The benefit of fluoridation is it's really, really inexpensive. It's cheap. It is cheap. Right. And so to set up a nationwide education system with free toothbrushes and toothpaste and people going into schools is much more expensive than fluoridation. Right. Yep. Now, I, you need, I would use out of both. Right? Of course. Yeah. And, and the, the solution is multifactorial. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. You need you need to attack this problem from as many angles as possible yeah. to get to as many people. The thing about giving people um, toothpaste, toothbrushes, and education is that that is likely to carry on. So if you're teaching the kids yeah. to brush their teeth, yeah. the adults might pick up on that, but you've got a kid that can brush their teeth that will turn into an yeah. adult, and then their kids will yeah. pick up on that, yeah. hopefully. And in the same way that as a society... Who, an ethical society who is interested in the people who need our help the most and we're having um but we're looking at you know we were charging vat on tampons and sanitary towels just Ridiculous. insane right and now there is this issue about girls missing education because yeah, they can't yeah, afford yeah. stuff like that right so i mean that needs fixed now there's one guy in london who has enough money to fix that somewhere right you can just fix it Right, you know who's got seventy billion or whatever that needs fixed. But the you know the other thing is that there was much discussion while I was tendering for um, oral surgery and ortho contracts a few years ago about about your about your about what you were doing in social legacy stuff around um, because that had to be linked to the contract mm-hmm. and you had to say I'm doing this from a local community and that local community and I think that's still existing and I don't think anything gets done. I think people say they'll do it and they don't and actually. People, I mean, we would certainly sign up to it here, but people with um, NHS contracts, um, that should be tied on. They should be saying, what you have to do is you have to go out into schools. Yeah. Right, so you have to yeah, pick yeah. your five local primary schools. So we've got five round here. And as I sit here, I think, why are we not doing this? And we should just send, and I've done it as a parent, into school and gone in. But why are we not going in and saying, this is what we're, and, and getting people to, to provide toothbrushes and doing that? Because it should be a national initiative it should be funded it should be paid for it's part of healthcare but it isn't should the industry not be doing something as well Look, yes. think think of the think of the um publicity you'd get for Colgate Sunstein uh-huh. whoever to provide providing all this stuff yeah uh, i mean and i'm not one for that kind of sponsorship of healthcare but the opportunity would be there and you know our government let's not get into the politics of it they're not likely to pay for something like that at the moment are they no they're not this is the problem yeah the problem, yeah, the, and and it, so so what the fluoridation argument does is it cracks open an argument about social justice, yes. right? Yeah. And it cracks open an argument that says, what are we doing? So so while I would support fluoridation, um, um, because because the disadvantages of fluoridation in areas uh, where it's desperately needed, are I'm happy I'm happy to accept the disadvantages of that against the benefit, right? And 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 you know I'm happy to accept. We need to do something radical, mm. and 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 it's there is no solution that does not come with a disadvantage, yeah. right? Yeah. But um, it's it's the it's the over it's the overriding thing of saying you know what are you going to do about it? So from an ethical point of view, if you look at the way that things were done in the seventies, the way that we do things has changed radically. In the seventies, we had a very paternalistic way mm-hmm. of doing things. Yeah, add fluoride into the water. Forget everyone else. Mm-hmm. It's going to benefit these this percentage of the population. Yeah. Nowadays, we've got 
more rights, for want of a better word, yeah. more more say over what happens to us. Our autonomy is the the number one thing. And if if you're not getting benefit from a treatment, there's a good argument to say you should not be having that treatment. Yeah. So for the vast majority of people, they are not going to get benefit from that yeah. treatment. The adults probably aren't. A lot of kids aren't going to get benefits from that treatment, but it is undoubtedly beneficial to a minority of children. So that's where that social justice aspect comes in. Should we be giving up a little bit of our autonomy for the benefit of the people that need it? And so, so it steps up a level again, doesn't it? And 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 in an ethics and law podcast, it steps up to the level of of the death of liberal democracy. It steps up to the changing um, to, to the changing winds of, of what's going on, the reason that Donald Trump's in power, the reason that nationalism's on the rise, all of this stuff, which seems bizarre for a fluoridation podcast, but basically <laughs> we've reached the end of the absolute rights of the individual. Oh, absolutely. Because the disadvantage to that is now massive. So if we look after the individual rights of every single individual, yeah, that is, it's impossible. We've had it, yeah. right? Yeah. And 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 that's where I talk about radical change. And so we have to have a debate and say, you know, do we, do we do this or do we not? But in that debate, you have to, there's no point in shutting the debate down because there are difficult questions to answer. No. You know, there's, that's even more of a reason to be talking about the ethics behind this kind of thing. So that, so that, you know, the first thing, if it hasn't already been done, and I hope that someone will come back onto this podcast and say, here it is here and it's already been done, but the first thing you'd have to do is you'd have to carve out um, the ethics for a study, right? And you'd have to test it. And, yeah. you, and you'd have to say, right, let's test it um, in wherever, right? And let's demonstrate that. Because the other point which you make really, really well, right, uh, which was a, is a killer point, is that, is that you can put, um, you can fluoridate the water going into Bilbra, no problem, right? And stick it in there. But the children aren't yeah. drinking water. Yeah, exactly. And they're not drinking water. And that's no. the problem, isn't it? Absolutely. The problem is they're not drinking water at the tap. And that's another problem. Nobody's drinking water at no. the tap. Even, yeah. in, even though in controlled taste tests against bottled water, tap water <laughs> almost always wins. <laughs> right? It almost always wins in a controlled taste test. But because it's because tap water is unbranded, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And so, so you know, look, it's not beyond the wit of man that we could solve this problem. It's whether we are prepared to put the money into solving and the problem. If there's always the 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 fringe on the outside. You think that the fluoride is going to cause some kind of oh yeah weird weird and wonderful disease. Yeah, it is um, bone cancer, isn't it? That's yeah. the big. <laughs> it is bone cancer and all, all kinds of yeah. all kinds of things. And so, and that's the people that will kick back against this. We also have not discussed. So we do have introduction of vitamins to flour don't we yeah on the other side we don't compulsory vaccinate uh -huh. so there's there's of for me compulsory vaccination there's more of an argument for compulsory vaccination but yes we've got things like iodine and salts the idea of fluoridating water there are directly comparable things in the past that have happened and that have worked really well but if fluoridation stopped people getting caries full stop stops decay it would be a much more of an because the benefit would be so much higher. So that so you say you want to fluoridate the whole population, the benefit against that loss of autonomy is small. Yeah. If you, if you fluoridate just whole, the benefit against that loss of autonomy is high. So yeah. you've got a better argument for ethically for fluoridating that small population where you get a much higher benefit and much lower loss of autonomy. And so we, so you're looking at some sort of local. Yeah democratic process to ask the people of the areas 
of, of social deprivation if they accept to be in Florida. And that happened in Hull relatively recently. Yeah. And they said no. Uh-huh. Which to me, I mean, I can, I, I'm not, I'm against mass fluoridation of the whole country, but for localized pockets, I think it makes good sense. And that's why they're trying to put together a network of people who are interested in fluoridation at mm-hmm. that level, mm-hmm. because to put together a group of people who are interested in that, who who can vocalize it and who can yeah. say, this is, but the difficulty is, you know, you're not fluoridating West Bridgeford where we're sat at the moment, where my children are. Yeah. And so for me to then go, why don't we fluoridate yeah, exactly, your place, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but you're not fluoridating mine, you know? So, so yeah, a few of you will get bone cancer, which is not true, but a few of you will get bone <laughs> cancer, but none of us will get bone cancer, but some of your children will get saved. It's, it's a hard story to sell. If that, and and it's, it's a very emotive story when the people who are against fluoridation get hold of it and inflate it. Yeah. Uh, you know, because 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 it's again, it's back to Margaret McCartney stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. again screening. It's just doing that. Well, if I'm not going to get cancer, yeah, then, exactly. Yeah, you know. and and the thing is, it seems because it seems like such a no brainer from the start. People will either well, they'll polarize mm-hmm. against or mm-hmm. for, for and against it. But the actual answer, like most of these things, the actual answer is very in depth and subtle and nuanced, and you've got to really think about it for a decent amount of time. And people don't want to do that. Yeah, people but, don't want to have a, an in depth conversation. I th- you know, I think there's a there's a bigger strategy associated with this. I think our incidence of, of, of childhood caries in some of these areas is just appalling, embarrassing, shameful. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, there should be a strategy against this. And as a profession, we should be trying to deal with this. Mm. But it's a mark of, as always with these things, it's a mark of where society is. Yes. Isn't yeah. it? Yeah, very much um, so. And so society will, to a degree, pretend that it's looking after its most vulnerable, but actually... Um, the majority of us have too much time looking after ourselves individually than we are looking after the community around us. And by the community, I mean the country. That's where the issue lies. Because if you could, if we could have a joined up approach to to targeted fluoridation in areas of that was required. I mean, the, the WHO stopped vaccinating for smallpox. In God, um, I, I don't know the late the late late nineteen eighties or the nineteen eighties. So don't even vaccinate for smallpox anymore. Now smallpox killed. Um, hundreds of millions of people. It arrived, I was reading this last night, it arrived in Mexico, carried by a, an African slave who came with the Spaniards, and, and they know his name, and he dropped into Mexico and, and it broke out. And it, and after it, they had finished in Mexico and another few viruses that had come from, from Europe, Mexico went from 22 to 2 million. And so smallpox was not just the case. No. Right? Yeah. And... and and so what you could do with fluoridation is you could have a you could if politics was able to have a long-term plan for anything, <laughs> right? Yes. What you could do in this country, if you was clever, is you could have a strategic plan which was apolitical, right? Cross-party. Cross-party. Yeah, and yeah. you would be able to do that. Let's fluoridate Hull for the next 10 years yeah. or 15 then, years. And then and let's create, look at it and let's a, look at it over 50 years. Let's create a caries free generation. Yeah. Yeah. As we educate them to keep their teeth clean, what, right? what's the best way to do this? And, and then we can roll that out. Bang. Fluoridation, education, right? Yeah. You can see this, this. I mean, it trips off the tongue because it rhymes. Fluoridation, <laughs> education, sanitation, sterilization, um, um, med- emancipation. Meditation. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not going to happen. But no. No. I suppose the fact that we are having a discussion about it, uh, because, because I've moved. You know, my 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 first line is yes, right? Yeah. But in the discussion that we've had, 
I've gone, no, do you know what? You're quite right. Okay. And so, and it, and it cracks open another layer. It's, 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 it's like the, it's like the Russian dolls. Mm. And so there's another layer, another layer to get to the bottom of it. And so the answer is, is for us to gain the confidence of the people for whom we seek to serve mm. and to say, yes, I know I come from West Bridgeford and we have, min you know, we have minimal tooth decay, but I want to replicate that where you are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so this is what I want to do. So I'm prepared to help and invest and work to educate and, you know, and, and, and medicate and sterilize and, and get things and get in a situation where you don't have that. And, and that's, it's gaining the trust of people saying we are trying to help. Right. Um, but man, we've not solved that problem today, no, have we? I don't think we're no. But hopefully what we'll get is we'll get, um, some of the guys that are into this, this will get work some, its way through. some discussion about it. Yeah. And I think just having that, a knee-jerk reaction of yes or a knee-jerk reaction of no, no is, is wrong. Right. It's absolutely wrong. That's it for our episode on fluoridation. As usual, a few controversial points raised. Thanks for sticking with us over our slightly extended break. That's completely down to me, but we're back and farming on all cylinders from now on. We understand that fluoridation is a controversial subject, so if you want to get in touch with us to air your opinions, then there are loads of ways to do so. Email us on info at incisivedecisive.com. We're on Twitter at IncisivePod, and our Facebook page is facebook.com slash incisivedecisive. If you like the podcast, think about leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us spread the word, as does sharing the links to our episodes. As usual, our music is provided by Gallops. Hear more at gallopsgallops.com. Until the next time, that was Incisive Decisive. Next, on Incisive Decisive. If you were a fan of your dental school, you know, you're looking down the barrel of now, like 50 years of work. They don't tell you how physically demanding dentistry is at dental school. There are big risks in screening um, because of false positive, because of false negatives. So your electric toothbrush will have a head that you'll put on it and you'll oh, go, scan. ding, and you go, well done, your teeth are great, on you go. <laughs> <laughs>